Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to say something now. <laughs> Start that over. <laughs> we, can't, we can't screw up this early. <clears throat> we can, and we have. This is no, not the true. first time this has ever happened. This is true. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are covering Lost Season 5, Episode 6, 316. And because it's the first episode where we're doing video content, of course, Kristen is sick in bed. Yay! <laughs> but here is my beautiful bedroom. <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube video. If, if, you're, you're, watching, if you're watching YouTube, you, you will see that I am in bed. I am in my pajamas. I'm not feeling too well. I've got <laughs> I've got a lot of Nike, uh, Dayquil and meat Nyquil. I'll be asleep in 20 minutes. <laughs> if you're listening, you just have to imagine what's happening right now. It's not hard. It's not hard to imagine since I know I sound like a dirty lounge singer, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, but we promise we're not going to focus. We're not going to give you like too much like, 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 oh, you have to watch the YouTube video because we know not everybody can. So this is just something new that we're doing with the podcast, with the relaunch. And uh, I'm excited about it. People can actually watch and listen if they want to. Yes, I, I had all these grand plans that I was going to do my hair and actually look <laughs> presentable. And God said, not today. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, last episode, you know, we we recapped one through five of season five and we we ended up talking a little bit more about it than I think we had even anticipated. Like we were just going to do a quick recap of one through five and we ended up, I think, spending a little bit more time on each one. I think it even came up with some new discoveries or new yeah, ideas. I think so. I think that watching it at least for me watching it one two three four five all in a row kind of gave like a whole um like a whole picture big picture kind of feel to it instead of just going week by week yeah yeah and but i mean and then so deciding that this week was going to be this episode was going to be like last week was the first issue episode back issue ep jesus are you sure am i sure i'm not on the day quill I'm very, I'm, I, maybe I'm so contagious that it's through the microphone. It's, yeah, it, it travels remotely. I don't know. That's why I uh, took notes for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because ordinarily I take a lot of notes and you're very off the cuff. And this yep. week it's kind of reversed. You took yep. a lot of notes because you, because you weren't feeling well. So you wanted clarity. You, yep. You're not thinking incredibly clearly. Correct. So you want it all in front of you. And this week I have maybe half a page of bullet points. So I'm yeah, more off the cuff this week. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. But I mean, without fail, anytime we do this, how many times have we said in the past, I, I don't, we don't have a lot to say. And, and we then end up it talking. ends up being a really good discussion. So let's yeah. see what happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. But the point I was getting to with, I, I realized on the first watch, upon first watch of this episode, because we'll, we'll just dive right into it. And we missed this last week. There are spoilers aplenty. We're going to talk about this episode. We may talk about stuff that happens past this episode. We so, will absolutely talk about stuff that happens big picture. Yeah. So 
be forewarned if you haven't seen the series before there are spoilers abound to uh to come up so diving into the episode you know we talked the, those first five episodes are what we recapped and then we kicked off our episodic discussions with this one episode six and it, i realized how appropriate is it that it starts almost like the pilot does it is a mirroring of the pilot episode right it is and it's and and i think that that you know of course is on purpose but what i love is that they kind of bookend the episode that way because we see jack opening up his eye twice once at the beginning and once at the end mm-hmm it's almost like it. What was weird to me was that I thought maybe I accidentally pressed a button and it started the episode over. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, you got to the end. Yeah, because I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, like, do we have to go through this whole thing again? Because we already went through the whole thing, and it has him, you know, jumping, and then it has him saving Hurley, and it has him, you know, talking to Kate, and I'm like, okay, well, but we already watched this. Like, we we could have just had him like open up his eye, saw him running, and then you know maybe just like a little flash, 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 like jump Hurley, Kate, and then and then Jin comes up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, instead, we, it was like all a little longer than I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, did did I? And I pressed pause. I'm like, no, I'm at the I'm at the end. And so, and so I pressed play again. <laughs> well, what I love <clears throat> what I love about it is that this. I mean, there's already so many questions that are that need to be answered from the series up until this point. But this episode starts off with giving us another mystery. Well, actually, with with two more mysteries in that. Yes, Jack is the first person that we see. The eye opens, and that's what kicks off the episode, very mirroring right. of the pilot. <clears throat> but when he runs off to save people, the first two people that we see in Hurley and Kate are two people that were like, well, how did they get there at this point? Because they weren't there. They weren't at the church or wherever with Ben and Son and everybody else. Like Hurley, we didn't know where he was, and Kate didn't want any part of this. And now suddenly right. when Jack's waking up in the forest, he's diving in to save Hurley, and Kate's collapsed on a rock. Right. So we know that Hurley and Kate eventually come around. Yeah. And I don't think that we really know that. No, no, no. We do know that Sun is in. It's later that we find out in the flashback or flash forward, whatever you want to call it. Because, you know, on the island, it's 1977 and not on the island, it's 2007. So I don't know if we would call this a flashback or a flash forward. Flash present? You know what I mean? Because it's like while we're in the past or while we're in the past, it's still what happened with Jack and getting on the plane and and the Oceanic Six happened in the future, but also happened in the past. Yeah, and 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 up until the very end of the episode, we don't even realize that it's in the past, um, right? Because they're they're just in the jungle. I mean, that's all they know is that they somehow are back on the island. They don't know when they're back on the island, but they're oh, back. Yeah, on okay. The our first spoiler has happened. <laughs> yes, yeah, they are. They are Good back job, in Kristen. time. <laughs> We warned people. It's fine. I know. It's what, like four minutes in? (laughs) Well, I I mean, it's, I I don't really think it's exactly a spoiler because it's kind of the assumption that you make. Because when you get to the end of the episode, I know we're jumping right to the end at this point. That's okay. And in the huge reveal of, we see a, what seems to be brand spanking new Dharma Volkswagen van pull up. Yeah. And who pops out is Jin, bushy haired and all. 
Jin looks um, good with longer hair. It's he's like you. You make the assumption right then and there that like okay, what the hell is happening? They must be in the past, right? At first, I thought it was going to be Sawyer, and then and then I remembered that it was Jin. I did too. I could. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought it was Sawyer that pops out, but now I remember Lafleur. That's episode. next episode, isn't it? No, two episodes. Oh, oh, it's next episode Jeremy is Benton. the life and death of Jeremy. Benton. Yeah, yeah. This episode, just for a little piece of trivia for anybody that would want to know, was actually switched. So originally, mm. they were going to have the life and death of Jeremy Bentham be episode six, and they were going to have three sixteen be. Um, episode seven, but they switched it the last minute, which I think is really good just because of the mystery of the suicide note and the mystery of John's death is still kind of looming. So I think that it's, um, it was a good plan to switch the episode. And I think that's why they did it too. Mm-hmm. I think like the suicide note was the key point and why, because I think they wrote and produced both of these episodes at the same time. Um, yeah, this was a last minute change that they did to switch yes. it. Yeah, because I mean, because if you think about it, like when we get to the life and death of Jeremy Bentham, with the exception of Ben uh, and John in a coffin, it's mainly other characters. Uh-huh. Jack and Kate and all those are not part of the next episode. We're going to be taking a break from those characters in the next episode with life and death of Jeremy Bentham. So they would have been able to produce and probably film both of these episodes simultaneously right uh to save time and to save production time for one and two to just kind of keep the story free flowing but yeah it was a good i agree with you it was a good decision to flip these two episodes it keeps the mystery alive for lost too you know lost is always one of the is has always been one of those shows where you just you just go in knowing okay there's going to be lots of questions they're not going to get answered this episode and we're just going to keep the mystery alive. I think that that's one of the most intriguing parts of Lost. I know that as the seasons go on, a lot of uh, fans get really frustrated by that because they want that payoff. They want the answers to all the questions that they've been having. Um, but, you know, I I just think that that's wonderful that they just, they're like, no, we're just going to keep going with questions, questions and questions and questions. Yeah. Because that's kind of life anyways, right? Life is just this series of questions that some get answered and some don't. Well, that's even something that Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cruz had said before towards the end of that season. Like, there will be questions that remain unanswered because in life, you don't always get the answer to all your questions. Right. So, I mean, I, it was kind of known before the series even ended that yeah. not everything was going to be answered. And that, knowing that ahead of time, I was okay with the fact that there were still looming questions by the end of the series. Yeah, and I think that on rewatch, we do get answers to some of these questions, and maybe this was um, intended. I, I'd be interested to know from the showrunners if it was intended when they were writing the show. Um to have like payoffs for rewatches. Yeah. Cause I mean, during this rewatch, you and I have come to some pretty fun realizations um, just by extra clues that we have found after watching the whole show already once through twice through whatever. Well, I mean, and there's been a number 
of things that, you know, people have said like, well, they didn't know where they were going with the show. They were kind of writing by the scene of their pants. And upon first watch, it can kind of look that way in certain elements. But like you said, we revisiting this show, there are things that we've discovered back in season one or season two that kind of pay off in season six. Right. You know, by the end of the series that there's, and there's been so many of those that it's just too coincidental. Right. That that's how they played out. I yeah. I have a feeling these guys had a roadmap to this show well in advance. And when people were saying like, oh, they're writing by the seat of their pants, they don't know where they're going. These guys were just staying quiet and being like, yeah, you can say, you know, say whatever you want. We know where we're going. Yeah, I think that that I think that that's true. But, you know, there's a lot of people who disagree. So that's just always going to be, I think, an area of contention with a lot of um, fans, ex fans, people that watch the show. Hopefully none of the people that are actually listening to this podcast. Right. Just because anybody that's revisiting this show, um, whether you're just listening to the podcast or you're watching along with us, um, you know, I, I hope that that we've at least maybe soften some of those perspectives. I'm kind of hopeful there's a few people that maybe had contention with the series that are listening to the podcast and maybe getting a different point of view from I think Steve is one of them. Uh, Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case too. I know of a couple other people that are kind of that same way because I know unless there's a show that I absolutely despise, yeah, I, I I I always give something a second chance, and uh-huh. I mean, there's there's been some shows that I have disliked when I started wa- watching them that I went back and revisited, and now I, I had a new appreciation for. Yeah, um, and then there are some shows that I despised the first time I watched them, and when I went back a second time, despised them even more. So, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that there are other people out there that maybe had some issues with lost decided to give it another shot maybe found this podcast along the way and our discussions yeah. are kind of helping them see things a little differently or you're yelling at us while we talk which at least you're still listening so if you're hate listening it's still listening we accept it yep i accept it <laughs> thank you thank you for your support <laughs> yes. thank you thank you for still listening i i appreciate it um I know we got we we got a little off track, but that's that's part of the course. We're still right? talking about lust. Exactly. I, um, I feel I feel like we're staying on track. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are there's just some things that definitely pay off, and I know uh, I, I had a couple of those inklings in this episode too, and I'll make I'll make quick mention of them as well. Cool. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of have I I kind of rediscovered in our analysis and, and our revisit of the series and going back is that I feel like it was always predestined that Hurley was going to be the one that became the protector of this island in the end. There have been clues that have led us to believe that in the past, and there's a couple more in this one. In there's this a episode. big one in this one. I think there's actually two. Um. The first one is him buying all the seats on the airplane. Yeah. There's 78 seats left available for people to fly standby. Hurley buys them all, makes him look like a dick to the airline, but he's doing it to protect these people. Yeah. You know, he doesn't matter what it takes. He's going to make sure that none of these other people, especially when he looks around and he sees children, he sees families, he's going to make sure 
nothing happens. These people are not going through the same things that he went through. Right. Um, the other one is the book that he's reading. Yes, in that's the in my notes. Yes, he's reading a Spanish version of Why the Last Man. Yes. Which is basically just that. It, it, is, a, it is a story. Uh, it's a graphic novel. No, it's an, um, no, it wasn't a graphic novel. It wasn't actually a novel. It's a book. Uh, it's a book uh, about a disease that wipes out the, that affects the male chromosome that basically wipes out the male of all species. And he is the last surviving male. Yeah. In the end, spoiler, Hurley is the last survivor on the, well, Ben is with him, but of these, of this group, of the original 815 castaways, Hurley is the last one standing on the island. Yes. There are yeah, others that it's survive. Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, it's foreshadowing that the last man alive is going to be uh, more or less the savior of the island. Yes. And that ends up being Hurley, which is, uh, I love that foreshadowing because what it says to me is that the showrunners do know where they're going. And there's a lot more of that symbolism, especially in this episode, which was my main point for this entire episode was just all the symbolism that pointed to the direction of where the show was going. Well, let's dive, let's dive into that. Um, and before I do that, I also want to say, too, that, that one of the writers on Why the Last Man oh, uh, yeah. is also one of the writers on Lost. That's right. So it was a nice little Easter egg for him. As well, um, yeah. I, I can't remember the uh, the writer's name, but it's uh, I, it's I think it's Brendan something. Ah, uh, uh, yes, to... Brendan something. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> author. It is oh Brian Brian K Vaughn. Yes, that's uh, what I meant. Not not Brendan Brian. Yeah, Brian. not Brendan. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn was one of the was one of the comic book writers. Oh, it is a comic book. Okay, um, he was one of the comics authors, and he's also one of the principal writers on Lost. So, uh, but let's Perfect. dive. In, let's go into some of that symbolism that you noticed, because I'm sure I have some of the notes too. But you probably have way more than I do. Well, I have a few. Um, the biggest thing is is that you know when I when I sat down, you know, you see the title of the episode three sixteen, and knowing that what we've known so far after five seasons of lost is that there's a lot of religious undertone already in the show. So you see 316 and anybody that knows even a little bit of their Bible knows that John 316 is pretty much the most famous passage in the book. And um, it's, there's many interpretations. So, you know, it, this is a variation of whatever, uh, version or interpretation or language you have in the Bible, but it boils down to for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So for me, immediately I'm, I'm under the understanding that we are going for a sacrifice for eternal life, a sacrifice being these oceanic six that have decided to get on this plane and sacrifice themselves to go back to the island for whatever the island's purpose is with them to save their friends. So that's what you go into. But when you really kind of dive into the episode, you see that uh, John Locke has a suicide note. And his suicide note is that John wishes Jack would have believed in him. If that would have happened, maybe they all would have stayed on the island. 
But John had to sacrifice himself to get everybody else to get on the island. Mm -hmm. They don't know that that's what is happening yet, but John has sacrificed himself to make sure that he is almost a catalyst to save all of his friends, to save the island, and to make sure that everything kind of goes where it's supposed to go. Um, everyone's belief to return to the island was kind of a leap of faith. So you see Jack, who has always been a man of science. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I had this too. Good. Going into his man of faith routine. And you really see him struggling with this because Jack has never been a man of faith, but he also knows that there's something inside of him that has been tormenting him, which is why he's on the pills, which is why he's been drinking, because he is tormented by this decision to lead at least these six people off the island. And it's plagued him ever since because he realizes that he probably never should left the island. Mm -hmm. And so now he's going on this deep gut instinct that I don't think he's ever really followed because he's always followed facts. He's always followed science. And for him to turn the other cheek and to be a man of faith to the point where he's going and he's, you know, he's teaming up with Ben, which I don't think he would ever have done in the past. And he's um, he's going to this church and he's talking to Eloise Hawking and she's saying, you have to take a leap of faith. That's why it's called a leap of faith. And then he goes and she's like, you have to bring something of your father's with him. So he goes and he opens up this coffin and he sees John is changing his shoes. And he's just like, I bet you you're really having a, a laugh at this right now, John. I mean, I'm doing crazy things like like John used to do. Yeah, you know, John used to be the guy that's like, we have to change his shoes. We have to go to this church. We, you know, like, I mean, not not those specific things, but you know, the island version of that. Like, I don't know where we're going, but I know this way. This way is where we should be going. Well, what 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 are your facts? I don't know. This is the way that we should be going. You know, and everybody thinks that John is crazy. Well, now the the what what is it the shoes on the other foot now jack is saying i don't know why but we have to get on this plane i don't know why we're i'm doing it but i have to i have to put my dad's shoes on jock on john Locke's dead body i don't know why but you know we have to make sure that we're all on the plane and we're all you know so i love it that we see this totally new jack that's emerging and in doing so um one of the one of the most glaring things that happens is that Jack jumps into the water and anybody that's religious knows that if you, that if you go underwater and you come out of the water, you are baptized and you are clean and fresh and new. And um, that is a uh, first Corinthians five seventeen. Is that. I, whoever- didn't, I, I didn't think of that diving into the water as a baptism. It's a baptism, but right? That's a he good is, point. Yeah. He's starting his life over. He's starting his his whole frame of mind over. And it's first Corinthians five seventeen, I believe is is the verse. The only reason why I know that is because um my sister used to have it everywhere. Um, but it's uh whoever believes in him, whoever believes should be I didn't write it down so I'm I'm paraphrasing here but whoever believes in me or believes in in Christ or whatever should be washed anew he is a new person right so mm. he is now kind of baptized himself he's 
he's also washing himself clean of whatever happened off the island. And now he's in it. You know, he's fully committing to being on the island, just like people would fully commit to following Christ. So I think that there's a, a parallel between there with religious symbolism. Well, not only that, but I mean, going into the discussion about how Jack is kind of making that switch from the man of science to the man of faith, as you mentioned with everything that's going on. First off, I think he's he's he knows that's a switch that he is taking, and mm-hmm. but he's in denial about it, which is one of the reasons why he does not want to read that suicide note. He does not know what's in it, but he doesn't want to accept the fact that John is kind of right. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why he's not reading the suicide note. I um, think that that's true. I don't think it's necessarily, I think there's probably some spiteful moments too. Like when he says like, I've already heard everything you have to say, but also I think deep down, he's already heard everything John, John had to say, mm-hmm. which is basically what he's denying himself is that there is more of a man of faith inside of him than a man of science. Um, at the same time, going a little bit, and we'll talk deeper about this a little bit later on, but how John has become the proxy to Christian, all of these people, in a sense, have become a proxy for something or someone else for this flight. And if you yes. think about it— Oh, I'm so glad you're going into this. Go, go. And if you think about it, while John has become the proxy for Christian Shepherd being the body in the coffin, Jack has, in essence, become the proxy for John Locke. Yes. Because there needed to be a man of faith on that flight. There's also, you could say that there's also the fact that Jack is entering that plane a broken man, much like John entered that Mm -hmm. plane a broken man. And both of them come out of that plane and on the island a totally new human. Yeah. So so Jack has become the proxy for John. Yes. Everything that has happened for that flight. Yes. It's never mentioned, but I mean, in, in, in essence, with the symbolism, that's exactly what has happened. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll go over a little well, bit and later, then like there's more all the of different that. proxies. Yeah. Okay, good. Every, I was like, there's I, I, more of that. <laughs> every single person on that flight has become a proxy for something or someone else, with the exception of I don't... I don't think there's a proxy for Shannon or Boone. Um, I think these are kind of characters that have been kind of forgotten They're for long some reason. Gone. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's a proxy for obviously for Kate. There's a proxy for Charlie. There's a proxy for Jin. There is a proxy for all of these characters. There's a proxy uh, for Hurley. Oh, I missed the proxy for Hurley. Ben was that's, late to the plane. Damn it. That's right. And Ben spent time in the bathroom like Charlie. Correct. But I mean, and yeah. there was also the guitar. Um, well, the guitar is is Charlie. Is Charlie? Yeah. Is represent ben, representative yeah. of Charlie. And Jin is also. It's not mentioned or seen, but Sun has his ring. Yeah, that's true. Which is, which is Jin's proxy on the plane. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, obviously, Saeed being in Kate's shoes, being handcuffed by some kind of marshal um, yeah. is a proxy for Kate. So, I mean, there are proxies for all of these characters. Some of uh-huh. them are clear as day and discussed. Others are kind of hidden and yeah. you kind of have to dig for them a little bit, but they are there. Yeah. And, well, and I love that. I love the fact that like this is a scene where they are making the symbolism for all these people are there. Some of them you have to search for and you dig for, but they're there. 
Well, so a really fun thing that um that I noticed is that um Christian Shepherd when he was on the plane and they talk about this at the uh, and uh, Jack and Kate talk about this at the breakfast table about um the shoes and he's getting his dad's he he has to get his dad's shoes in Australia and so mm-hmm. he gets these cheap white shoes because he didn't want to take the time to get his dad some nice shoes because he didn't think that he was worth the time um, to do that, right? And so we see Christian Shepherd in these white shoes pretty much the rest of the time we see him on the island, right? So when Jack goes to change Locke's shoes, he puts black shoes on him. Oh, instead instead of white. Correct. Instead of the white Christian. Well, so Christian Shepherd was acting sort of as a proxy, I think, and this is getting in spoiler territory to Jacob, with the white shoes. And John Locke, as we know, is this is kind of like a, a hint to foreshadowing that John Locke is not going to be a proxy for any sort of light on the island. He's going to be the man in black yeah. with the black shoes. So it's a subtle nod, but I, I- think that it's significant enough to mention that's a good one. I didn't even pick up on that one. The light versus the dark in the in the form of the shoes. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Well, it's also it, it. I think it's worth mentioning only because there was a direction for this show. There was a direction for this story. This was and and we really don't get into the man in black stuff. I think until season six. Um. Yeah, because I don't think there is. Uh, it, it's it's hinted at a little bit throughout the course of this season. We're definitely going to find out a little bit. There is a lot more added to the mystery of John Locke added next episode in the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. And I think this um, is the last time we're going to see John Locke. As John Locke. Yes. Correct. As yes. John Locke. This, the next episode, the life and death of Jeremy Bentham is indeed the death of John Locke. It just sucks so bad too. Cause it's so hard to just switch your mind to John Locke being someone who's not in for the good of the Island. Well, because we also know, well, but as viewers, as first time viewers of this, you don't know that this is the death of John Locke because you still see John throughout the rest of, you still see Terry O'Quinn throughout right. the remainder of this season. Correct. Into season six until until the end of the series. You just don't know this is no longer John Locke. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and you find out like that mystery deepens in the very beginning of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Because it the next episode starts with the survivors of 316, not that are not the oceanic yeah. uh, the, the oceanic passengers um so yeah so like that mystery is going to really start deepening next episode and i absolutely love it but you're right i don't think we actually meet the man in black i think until it might even be the the premiere of season 6 i think the first time we ever see him is him and jacob playing chess yes 
I think that's the first time we ever meet him. And it's like there's a conversation, and I don't remember it exactly, so I'm paraphrasing because we haven't gotten to it yet. It's been a while. But I think that there's a conversation where he tells Jacob, like, you know, if I was able to, I would have killed you by now. Yes. Yeah. Which just, when you hear that, it's just like, what the hell is going on? It's on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) And then we continue on with it. So, yeah. Like, yeah, like in, I I love the fact, like getting back to it, like I said, this is kind of like these guys are back on the island. It's a mirroring of the pilot, even to the point where Jack is at the, the, the desk at the airport checking a coffin. Right. Like, and getting hassled about it. And that happened in the first episode. Right. Like there's so much mirroring in this. I, I just I, I love it. I loved watching this episode again. And, and I totally forget why this other man is on the plane, but he has a couple of lines and he's a well he's he's a known actor to the point that I know he's going to play a role in the upcoming last of the season. But, you know, I've seen him in a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So he's not just somebody that's saying, I'm sorry for your loss or my condolences. And then uh, Hurley's like, dude, you you better buckle up. Like, yeah. I know this guy is coming back It for the life of me. I cannot remember in what capacity. Um, but he so, is going to be a, a character. Yes. So I think he's at the temple. We, so so we've met two new characters in this episode. One of them we're aware of the other one we've just met in passing. The first one is Caesar, which is the one that you were talking about. Now. Okay. He's, the, he's the gentleman that, that Jack ran into, um, you know, that passed on his condolences to, for his friend. Uh, the other one is Elena, who is the person that is with Saeed on the plane. Uh, she is another character who we're going to meet uh, we're going to get more from those two characters in the next episode. Okay. Uh, do you know who, she, who I thought she was at first? Who's that? I thought that she was the wife from Manifest. She does kind of look like him or look like her a little bit. But I was like, there's no way because they look like they're the same age. So there's no way that that's the same actor because she would have aged, I think, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but on first look, I was like, is she, is, she, is that, is that her? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, she does look, she, there is a resemblance. Yeah. And it, and it would have been weird if it was. It, right. What the same act, like the same actress on two shows like about this. Right. Yeah. So, um, not to get too far off topic, by the way, um, but manifest coming back to Netflix. I know we used to do like the manifest, manifest minute and everything. Minutes. We're not we're not going to do that anymore. Um, I jumped back into manifest when it came back on Netflix. They've done the first half because Netflix is giving them a final season. Yeah, and the the first half of the episodes have popped up, and there's still half of it coming back. I I will say this, and I've said this about every every show that Netflix has revived, whether yeah. it be Lucifer. Or designated survivor. Oh, the designated survivor is kind of a uh, an exception to the rule. But like Lucifer and Manifest, it gets so much better when Netflix puts their money behind it. Yeah, because the first half of this final season of Manifest on Netflix was fucking amazing. Oh, cool. Okay, it was so good. I gotta get I back was, into Manifest. 
I was starting to lose interest in it by the end of when it got canceled. Yeah. But this new, this second half, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally in. I like, I need to know how this ends now. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get back into it. There's just so much to watch. I know. Right. What so. a terrible problem to have. Um, I'm just going to finish. <laughs> I'm just going to finish up my religious symbolism yes, really quick by going to um, Ben talking about Thomas. Um, you know, anybody that knows. Well, okay. So it's not even anybody that knows the Bible. We've all heard the term. Don't be a doubting Thomas, right? That's kind yes. of like in our, in our vernacular. Well, doubting Thomas for anybody that doesn't know where it came from is a direct, um, uh, point back to the Bible. So when Jesus was resurrected, all of his disciples came to see him and all of them fell to their knees and they were, you know, oh, he's come back just like he said he would, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but Thomas wouldn't believe. Thomas was like, no, this is not possible. I don't believe it, blah, blah, blah. The only time that he believed was when he actually uh, was able to touch Jesus's wounds. And once he touched Jesus's wounds in his side, the stab in his side, then he fell to his knees and he believed. Well, we learn from Ben in this episode that while Thomas is known uh, mainly for being a doubting Thomas to Jesus's resurrection, what he's not known for was that he was one of the lead people that said, yeah, we're, we might all die, but we're going to go with Jesus to Judea and we are going to go support him no matter what. We are following him. We are followers of Christ. So he was a man of faith in that, in that moment. And it wasn't until Jesus's resurrection that he turned into a man of science. And he was like, I need to see it and touch it to believe it. And I think that this was a story that that definitely was intended for Jack to hear being like, do which Thomas do you want to be? You know, do you want to be the one that has to see it and touch it in order to believe it? Or do you want to take that leap of faith? And do you want to go and follow, you know, follow what you know is right to be on the Island? So do you want to do what's right because you know, it's right. Or do you want to be convinced and convinced and convinced that it's right until maybe it's too late? Yeah. So I really enjoyed, um, I don't think that that was so much religious symbolism as much as it was just an in-your-face story. Because, you know, you're in a church, there's a Caravaggio painting up there, there's Ben, you know, looking at the Thomas um, painting, and then he wants to tell Jack, because Jack is so obviously Thomas in this uh, in this story up until now. And um, it's just interesting to me that Jack starts as a man of science, goes to a man of faith. He struggles with being this man of science, but ultimately he does choose to take the leap of faith into getting on that plane. So um, I really enjoyed all of this symbolism because on the surface, if you just watch the episode face value, I think that it can kind of seem kind of flat. You know, people are reading books and they're in a church and then you go and there's a pendulum and then you get on the plane, you know, like that's, that's fine, you know, and maybe that's where people start to lose interest. But if you really delve into what are these people reading, because nothing that, that these characters read, nothing that's on the walls, nothing that's on the plane, even the episode titles, none of that is coincidence. Yeah. It is all on purpose, you know? I mean, th this um, show has been, I mean, 
we've talked about it since the very beginning. The literary references alone in this series are crazy. And you're absolutely right. Every single thing that you see them reading has some kind of significance to the story. Yeah, the Ulysses book is one yeah. of them as well. You know, so you have you have it all right there. Even the guitar case. I mean, it just looks like Hurley's being weird and he has a guitar case in his hand, which will come up later. But you could say there's Charlie. There's his best friend, Charlie, in the guitar case. You know, um, there was a Virgin Mary statue in the at, at the lamppost station. The lamppost is a direct correlation to the Chronicles of Narnia yeah, in the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, yep. who is who C.S. Lewis is a Christian author. So, you know, you just go around and around and around and around. And I'm not saying like, you know, everybody should follow Jesus or anything like that. All I'm saying <laughs> is that they are taking stories from the Bible, which pretty much, I mean, is a universal text. I mean, even if you're not religious, you still know kind of the basic outline of the Bible. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a good example of that. Like, I'll make it known right now, like to anybody who's listening who doesn't know, I'm an atheist, Mm -hmm. but I still know a lot of these references. You know Bible stories. Yeah, Yeah. we all know Bible stories. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's it's a document that just Everybody kind of knows, you know, so I like it that they used a a book that everybody really knows universally, whether you're religious or not. And they tied it to this show because then then it's kind of fun that you can tie those together and people can make connections about it, it makes TV more interactive. And I think mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of the special thing about Lost is that they kind of showed that TV can be interactive because until this show started, I don't think that we had that. You know, now today, I mean, th- for, for younger viewers or younger listeners, you know, TV is all about that. It's all about the hidden clues and the Easter eggs and this and that. That didn't really exist before Lost. TV was TV. Well, I mean, yeah, like TV was TV. Like Lost is one of the first shows that you heard. Like when you hear the term water cooler talk, when it comes to like television, Lost was really one of the first shows to ever do that. Um, You know, when Lost was on, when Lost was first airing, I was working at a radio station uh, here in the Philadelphia area. I was working for a morning show that, you know, is still on today. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the first times I had ever heard that like every this morning show was every morning. Lost was Wednesday nights. Lost was such a big deal in the conversation that this story, that this show caused people to have mm-hmm. that every Thursday morning they had Lost talk. Yeah. On the show. Well, and, and then it, there was also a radio station that used to cover Lost every single Friday morning or Thursday okay. morning or whatever. Well, cuz Lost was on Wednesdays. So So it was Thursday morning. Yeah. And I only know this because I had a friend that was telling me that like that it was like a national radio station or something, you know, like okay. Ryan Seacrest in the morning or something like that. That like it it's based out of LA, but it's everywhere. Yeah. You know what it's I indicated. you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, 50%. You're getting 50% Kristen today. <laughs> but I mean, like, it was the same thing. Like, when I worked for this radio station, like, it was one of the things I looked forward to in that it became 
popular that every Thursday morning at whatever time, whatever hour in the morning, they had this 15 to 20 minute long conversation about Lost, the episode that just happened the night before, the theories, so much so that it grew so much in popularity in the city that this radio station during the last couple seasons had premiere parties and finale parties. Yes. I worked every one of them and it got to that. It's how I met the guy that the actor that plays Ernst because I was there. I was like his handler for the event. Like I, I got to meet some of these people and I got to interact with just people in the city. I probably would have never met. Mm-hmm. If not for these water cooler conversations that happened on the radio. And you're right. right. Lost is really the first show that kind of did that. Yeah. And, you know, not like not to make the cut, not to make the comparison to manifest again. But like one of the reasons I started losing interest in manifest was because manifest kind of did the same thing. They started bringing in religion into it. But manifest to me, it started getting a little heavy handed with it. Like it was, it was they it was found a piece of your face. Yeah, they found a piece of Noah's Ark and like it was all this other stuff. Whereas Lost, I never lost interest in Lost, even though I knew because the religious elements remained undertones. They weren't slapping you in the face. Purely symbolism. Yes. Purely symbolism. And it was it was mainly and it, it it it's something that you know a lot of stories do. Harry Potter does it, Star Wars does it. It's that light against the dark. Right. And that's the Bible light against the dark. And I think that we look at light against the dark and you can automatically tie it to the Bible, but you can also tie it against Star Wars. You can tie it against Harry Potter, even though Harry Potter wasn't a thing at the point. Right. But I'm just saying, like, these are major franchises that have played around with these elements, these story elements. And Lost does it so well because they're so slick about it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those kind of shows that like it, it's so like I said it, it remains an undertone so well in, in hidden in symbolism that even if you don't get the symbols you still enjoy the series. Right. Right. Absolutely. But it's easy to see to me how people can lose interest in season 5 and season 6 if you're just watching it to watch a show. Yeah. And you're not watching it to kind of break down a show. And for you and I you know, I think that that's why podcasters are podcasters because, you know, we all watched these shows back then and we're like, oh my gosh, I just want to tell somebody about this. This mm-hmm. is amazing. And so podcasting gives you that, that um, outlet to, to do exactly that, which yeah. is so fun. It's so fun. So. And this is, and this is one of the best shows to do that with too. Yes. I mean, it's, it's Agreed. one of the reasons why our podcast aside, the show has been done for over 10 years now well i think around 10 years i think it ended in did it end in 2013 or maybe i'm off on that i feel like that's not right no because no because no it ended in like 2008 sorry so i was off by no yeah apparently because i read this in some notes that on jorge garcia's blog this episode was either filmed or aired on um on um, election day, 2008. Oh, so maybe the show ended in 2009. Um, uh, let's see. No, this episode aired in 2009. So rental 2010. I'm looking it up. I'm actually seeing the date. So they probably filmed it then. They, then they probably filmed it on election day, 2008. Yes. 
because I because yeah. I was like, oh, that's so that's so weird. Well, for anybody that wants to know, that's the year that uh, Obama became president. I, it, which is funny because they filmed in Hawaii, and Obama's from Hawaii. <laughs> See, that's what we that's, that's what and we that mean. wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, if they filmed that on election day of two thousand nine or two thousand eight, then that makes sense because this this episode aired, I think, in. Uh, let's see. This episode aired uh, February eighteenth. Yeah, so that that gives okay. it about a three month, a four, three to four month production time okay. to air. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, because it aired on uh, February eighteenth of two thousand nine. Look at us. We're just clicking today, right? We need I to take so Dayquil excited. from now on. From now on, it's going to be Dayquil and and head colds. <laughs> That's the new name of the podcast, people. Dayquil and head colds. Day you heard it here. Head colds. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Dayquil and Head Colds. <laughs> um, so that's all of my religious symbolism. Um, I have a couple other notes, but what what do you have? Um, I'm glad you brought up in your in your symbolism because it was one of the notes that I had too was the the Dharma station that Eloise bat is the lamppost. Um, because I mean there's been a number of C.S. Lewis references throughout the throughout the show, but that's a very big one um for anybody that doesn't know what the reference is the lamppost was once you entered the wardrobe in the lion the witch in the wardrobe the lamppost was right there i mean it was it was basically the gateway between reality and narnia narnia um and that's basically i mean it's it's huge symbolism in that that's basically what this station is this station is the is the gateway between them being home and now finding their way back to the island in essence narnia right um well because the lamppost was built on the electromagnetic um the electromagnetic area pocket to trace where the island is with that awesome pendulum i wish i had a pendulum room well a pendulum room don't you wish that you had a big room where just a pendulum was just i have going over a map I have one, but it's at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. Well, okay. I can't go there. I live in North Carolina where that cool stuff doesn't exist. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a huge pendulum at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. I've been it's, to the Franklin Institute. Where? It's um, Maybe we missed it when we were there because I know I was there with you guys. We, we were very soon. one-minded that day. <laughs> we were there for Marvel and that was and pretty that was much it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a stairwell in the Franklin Institute that goes between all the floors and in the center of the stairwell is a big pendulum that goes back okay, and forth. Next time I'm in Philly, you're taking me there. Yeah, I absolutely. I will go to the Franklin Institute anytime. I love okay. that place. Let's go tomorrow. Especially uh, this year. Let's go tomorrow. Sure. Make the I drive. Can't. We'll I don't good. want to do it. <laughs> um, this year's exhibit, I think is like the hundredth anniversary of Disney. Ooh. So I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know if it's opened yet or not. I have to look. Um, anyway, I missed the Harry Potter exhibit. I was pissed off about that. Ugh. Um, but yeah, let's talk. I mean, let's talk more about the lamppost. I mean, because yeah. there's a ton of stuff that happens in this scene. Um, well, and, and even we go- get our first real look at Eloise Hawking. Yes. I mean, we've met her before. Uh, but yeah, this is our first like really real introduction right. to to who she is. We're finding out now, like it's all coming together. She was indeed the person that sent Desmond to the island. Well, influenced him basically to go to the island. Um, 
And she's also Daniel Faraday's mother. Yes. Which, while we're meeting Eloise now, this is not the first time we have met Eloise this season. Correct. We have met her, and you just don't know it yet. Uh, because she is the soldier who, who followed Daniel to the bomb. Yes. And almost killed her own son. <laughs> almost killed. Well, well, let's let, let's not get out of ourselves. Just, yeah, let's just in so far, so far, so, so far has yeah. not killed her own. Has son. not killed her own son. That's that's a big spoiler this right there. Might get dark, guys. <laughs> hey, could be worse. Could have tried sleeping with her in a car before prom. Huh. Could have kissed your own sister in space. That's true. That's also very, <laughs> very true. I'm sorry. Anytime I hear the fake gag, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Especially when uh, Santiago does it on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> Wait, is it is it her that does it? Or where? No, there's another per- There's another character on Cece TV. On, uh, on New Girl. Well, Cece makes me laugh too anytime she does it. But there's another character that does it so well that, like, every time I hear her do it, it cracks me up, and I can't remember who it is now. Oh well, it's me. I do it real well. You did. Uh, it's it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, we have in the lamppost. In addition to Eloise Hawkins, we have Jack, we have Son, we have Ben, and we have Desmond, uh, who is not there for the same reasons that Jack son and ben are uh he is there basically to deliver a message um and i have yeah my notes uh i have one sentence for the lamppost and for desmond it says desmond hair flips out of the lamppost (laughs) (laughs) well i mean there is a there is a line that desmond says i mean so Desmond is basically, he's uh, totally against, he's in shock that these guys want to go back to the island. Eloise tells him, like, the island's not done with you, and his retort is, like, I'm done with the island. That's basic (laughs) summary of everything. You can't fire me because I quit. (laughs) (laughs) But there is a line that Desmond says in this scene that I I thought was very appropriate and kind of foreshadowing in the same way that we've seen some stuff from early, is that when Desmond confronts Jack about everything, he says to him, they're playing some sort of game and we're just the pieces. Yeah. We've been, how long have we been saying this? That these characters are chess pieces in a game between Jacob and the man in black. Which is foreshadowing to season six, episode one. When we see Jacob and the man in black playing chess. Right. Yes. And it's more, I mean, again, it's more foreshadowing that these guys knew what they were doing with this story. Right. And Desmond, when he says that, he does not realize how right he is. Right. They are just pieces of a game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, Desmond is the smartest one, I think, in this in this whole episode because he's like, I'm not playing. I'm taking my piece. I'm going home to my <laughs> yeah. son, Charlie, and my wife, Penny, on my boat because that's the life that I wanted. And the rest of you could just go to hell. It's like uh, from Half-Baked. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> 
honest to God, the best line in all of movie history. <laughs> I have not seen that movie in so long either. I need that deserves a rewatch. But you know exactly everybody knows exactly what that is. Yeah. 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 I mean it's it's right along the same lines of uh Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh oh God, now I'm gonna ruin it. When Clark Griswold says it, oh kiss my ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah. When he say <laughs> when he's saying goodbye to all these people that are walking past him in his office yeah. in Christmas vacation. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah. Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> But the half baked one is better. Only um, because it's it's all of our dreams to do that one day <laughs> at some point in whatever menial job that we had in college. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. Um, I'm so sorry for anybody that's watching this that's just watching me just like, like just die <laughs> on my face as we do this. It'll be better on the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, before we go on, we are both wearing Star Wars shirts. I just... Like oh yeah, we are. I just realized that a couple minutes ago. Did you see what mine is though? It's pew pew. It's pew pew. <laughs> pew pew. You're wearing a Yoda shirt. I am. For those of you not watching, just so we can describe it. Um, yes, I'm wearing a Yoda shirt. He's wearing a pew pew shirt. <laughs> mine, mine is. It's in the form of the Star Wars logo, but instead of Star Wars, it just says pew pew. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so we 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 have Desmond. <laughs> Hair flips his way out. <laughs> and you know, that's a good way to say it. I'm not doing any of this. Huh. I, didn't, I didn't think of Desmond as, as exiting like a Vidal Sassoon commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it now. Um, he has but the I mean, hair. Yes. Oh, my God. Does he have the hair? He has I, beautiful hair. I wish I had that hair. Him and Jin in this episode, like you mentioned earlier. Like, Jin looks like he's been hitting the weights, too. I didn't really pay attention to that part. I, did. I was th- don't worry, I was girls. Thrown by I the- did. I was thrown by the hair. Um, there. So one of the things I wanted to bring up that's in the bunker of all the things we see, we see all these coordinates that are obviously keeping track. We see all these formulas on the board, but there's a picture on the board as well. Um, it's a military. It's a military photo with the date September twenty third, nineteen fifty four. Now, of course, I did the research and I looked up. There's nothing significant about this date in U.S. history, at least, mm-hmm. um, and world history, at least, anyway. Uh, could what this was the be date? September 23rd, 1954? Um, I'm thinking more this is the expedition that took Charles Whitmore and Eloise there to begin with. When we see, when we see Faraday and the bomb and all that, I think that's that expedition that that picture is referencing to. That's just my theory, though. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any theories about it or any thoughts on the picture. I was just trying to add up all the numbers in a certain way to see if they equaled out to 108, but they don't. That would have been smart for me to do, too, and I didn't do it. I just was trying to do quick math. 9 plus 23 is 32, but if you add on 1954 to that, you're way past 108. But if you just do 9 plus 2 plus 3 plus 1 plus 9 plus 5 plus 4, that's not going to get you 108 either. Um, 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1. 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1. So, yeah, I I don't know what the significance of those numbers are. 
Um, but what is kind of cool is that I think that picture, if we were to probably pause on it and like kind of zoom in, it would be the people that we saw earlier in the season. Well, it's not, it, it's not a picture because I did actually have a screenshot of it. Um, oh, cool. Okay. And it is not, there are no people in the picture. It oh, is no? purely a picture of the island. Um. And you know it's the island because it's an island, or is there a significant? Because I I didn't see it, that's why I'm asking. I, I'm I'm not here. I'm actually gonna for those of you on the YouTube uh, channel, you'll be able to see this. Um, whoops, hold on. Uh, but for those of you not, you'll have to you'll have to go back and see the video, the video. But if you look at the picture, it is literally just a picture of the island. Um, with 92354 US Army Operation 264 Top Secret Eyes Only. What's 9 plus 23 plus 54? Uh, That's still not 108. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that's yeah, obviously the island, though. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think this is a picture of the island. And it could be like I mentioned when Charles Whitmore is there. Well, we don't we haven't that hasn't been revealed yet in the series, so apologies. Um and it hasn't been revealed yet that the, the girl was Eloise Hawking. But that military installation that we see during the time that the island was the they were jumping and they found the bomb and they decided they needed to bury it. I think this is probably connected to that that mission. Okay. That would be my guess. Probably. Because otherwise probably. I don't know what the significance of the picture would be. Well, so I, I, I guess we're just going to have to keep watching and keep that in the back of our head. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and, and I mean, that's up. something that I definitely don't remember. I mean, we're we're going to see. Well. Hold on. I'm well, now I'm confused. Because if they've stopped jumping. Uh, see now I'm trying to remember because we know we've we've kind of hinted at it. You and I know how Faraday his story ends, mm -hmm. but they're not jumping through time anymore. So how? When does that happen? I guess we're just gonna have to see. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait it out and see because we have season six gets a little nutty because there's also flash sideways. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but I like, I don't, I'm, I got to stop thinking about it because I'm confusing myself. And that's okay. Let's just keep, keep going up with this episode. Okay. Let's switch it up. Sure. What so, would you like to switch it to? <clears throat> there's two, there's two other points that I, that I had. Um, one is just a throwaway. It's just, everyone's mad at Jack. In this episode, <laughs> every last person is just mad at Jack for what yeah. I, Jack cannot do anything right. This episode, they're all mad at him, which I think is even even Ben seems really annoyed with him. Yeah, um, and Ben has so much sass in this episode. My mother taught that, me how to read. No, I, we didn't. I, no, she didn't. Your mom died at birth. Let's not. Talk. Let's just. I, I love that line. I have it written down. That Jack just says, how can you read? And he's like, my mother taught me. Like, <laughs> it's, 
this like every you go through these moments one of the reasons why he is my favorite character you go through these moments where you want to like ben and then every once in a while he says something and you're just like you're a dick (laughs) and that's one of those moments but you still laugh at it yeah i mean i don't think he's being a dick as much as he's just like he's just like you know let's just let's just get through this bro (laughs) <laughs> you well, know? He, he even says that the Jack like it's easier to do than what you're doing and that's waiting because Ben has never been in a plane crash this is true the rest of them have they know exactly what they think that they're getting into which was nothing short of traumatic and they could easily die right this was the easier plane crash because as uh, as Hurley said there was turbulence, a flash of light, and then he was in the in the water. It was nothing like the plane crash. Yeah. Well, I mean, but even, but I mean, like, I, I find it funny that even Hurley is kind of casual about the whole thing. Like, once the turbulence starts, he just pulls that blindfold down. And I think that that's also kind of symbolic of Hurley in general. He's somebody that likes to stick his head in the sand. Yeah. He he kind of hides away from a lot of it when he can. He, he runs away from his problems. He checks into a mental institution. He gets himself arrested and in jail. He He tries to stay out of all of the drama. He just doesn't like he doesn't like the scary parts of life. He'll do the scary parts of life, but he doesn't like it. Yeah. And, and even and, and kind of going into what we were talking about before about how he protected all those people, he'll go into the scary parts of life, like you mentioned, but he doesn't like it, but he still takes every precaution. Yeah, right. And he keeps his friend with him. Yes. I so and can, can I just I love that about like, I love the fact that even though because it's it, we don't see it with any other character in this show that has passed. Right. It is the only connection between two characters that still stays, even though one of them is gone. Right. Like right. we don't we we don't hear anything. Like Shannon and Boone are kind of forgotten at this point. That's okay. Uh, well, I mean, there are no <laughs> Paulo and whatever the hell her name was. Why can't I think of her name? Because they didn't matter. No, they though they they didn't notice even they didn't matter even less than everybody else. What a weird episode. but like that connection between Hurley and Charlie, even though Charlie is gone, still exists. Right. Right. I love it. And like that, I, I, I just, I, I I love that about those two. Cause it's not the end we've seen of Charlie either. No, but it, we don't see him this, um, this season. Um, I don't know about that. I think we do because remember Ben, when Ben gets on the plane, he tells he uh, tells Hurley, "Well, who told you to be here?" Oh, I think it's Charlie. Okay. I think he has another vi- I could be totally wrong on that, and it's um, probably why he has a guitar case. Exactly. I think he has another flat, another conversation with Charlie. Yeah, and that's what gets him on the plane. Probably in prison. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, because that's just the thing, too. At this point, we think Hurley is still in prison. But now he's on the plane with Charlie. Yeah, and there's no 
there's no explanation about it. Yeah, not yet, anyway. I we totally the, forgot that Lapidus was... Um, the pilot? Was the pilot. Totally forgot until I heard his voice. Even before he said, this is your captain, Frank Lapidus. I was like, oh my gosh, Lapidus is the pilot. I totally yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> Which is another proxy for a pilot. Yeah, I I love but that Lapidus is back in the game. The interesting thing about Lapidus and being there is that, if you remember correctly, Lapidus was originally supposed to be there. He was originally supposed to be the pilot on Oceanic. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's really not a proxy. The other one was a proxy for him. Now he's taken his rightful place. Oh, that's a good point. The other guy was the proxy first. See, this is the kind of stuff I love. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that. The other plane had the proxy. He's the rightful. He's the rightful person. Because remember, that's how he realized that the the plane was fake. The plane on the bottom of the ocean was fake because he knew the pilot because he was supposed to be on that plane. Right. Okay. Now I brought. I I uh, got the. I the guitar case was bugging me, so I finally looked it up on on uh, the lost wiki. Should okay. I read it or does it matter? Yeah, just read it. Okay, so Hurley brought a guitar case aboard Flight 316 despite never being known to play guitar or own one. This case is similar in appearance to the one that Charlie brought aboard Flight 815. He received the case from Jacob, who left it in the cab after his talk with Hurley the day before the flight. When Hurley alerted him that he was leaving his guitar upon exiting the cab, Jacob replied, it's not my guitar. This guitar case survived the plane crash as Hurley was using it to stay afloat in the Waterfall Lagoon. He later brought it along with him to the barracks when he was inducted into the Dharma Initiative as part of Sawyer's plan. The case also... Okay, so now we're getting more and more and more into other seasons. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna keep going on that because it, it really gets into like the overall... Okay. <laughs> story so the guitar case is going to show up and show up and show up it's uh, something in the case that is not for hurley or not to anybody else but it's intended for to save one of um our oceanic six characters okay i do kind of remember that so i'll just leave it there and we'll come back to it later okay (laughs) All right, I do kind of remember that a little bit more that there is something inside the case that is important. So it looks like Charlie's was given to him by Jacob, <laughs> but used to save someone else. And I think the interesting thing about that too is I think it's it was given to Hurley. Okay, so maybe it wasn't Charlie. But there's still uh, there's still the explanation as to how Hurley knew he had to be on the plane. Which maybe that was Charlie. I don't know. Where it's it's a wait and see. Yep. There's Just there's stuff about this season that I don't remember, and I I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I like I liked going into the deep dives and looking up little things because then it kind of jogs my memory about other things uh, that happened either in the past or in the present or in the future or in the sideways of Lost. <laughs> the, hey, the sideways are coming. The sideways are coming. Um, The last thing that I have is the mystery of Ben. Ben is bloody. Then he's all beat up. He's in a sling. He's got band-aids on his face. I feel like we're that this is the island Ben. 
Island Ben is always injured in some way. <laughs> so he it's goes like there's so much shit on the island. It's like, yeah, he's barely ever not injured. So him getting on the plane and he's just all taped up and in a sling and everything. I'm like, okay, well, this is the Ben I know. So yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, and it's very interesting too because I I I know why I know why he's beaten and bloodied. I'm sure you remember why he's beaten and bloodied. I don't, which oh, is you great. Don't remember. I don't, okay. which is great. Yeah. But so do you not want to know? Mm, no, not right now. Okay, because it's very key in when he says, "I have to keep a promise to an old friend." Yeah, I and and I'm sure that we're going to get that revealed in the next couple of episodes. It's I will, not the next episode. I will tell you, all I will tell you is that promise is a threat. It was it was a threat that he made to someone. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad the, that he made a threat to somebody and got beat up in the process. <laughs> well, because it backfired. <laughs> of course it backfires. Ben's doing it. Nothing Ben but, does. But I, I remember... I remember what he tried doing and who stopped him from doing it. Okay. I, I can't wait. I I'm can't surprised wait. you don't remember. Okay. But yeah, it's... Uh, you, you seem to be dying to tell me, so go ahead and tell me. I, okay. I mean, I'll tell you. It's basically he tries to kill Penny. Oh, no. <laughs> because he made the promise to Charles Whitmore that the same way Charles Whitmore killed his daughter, he was going to kill his. That's right. That's right. And Desmond is the one that stops him. That's right. That's a great scene. Yeah. Okay. I I'm excited. I think I don't remember when that plays out. It might be next episode. That's so cute that he thought that he could do that. Right? That's adorable. Especially um, since uh, Alex was never his daughter, but I digress. <laughs> well, he raised her like a daughter. He kidnapped her. He still raised her like an. I'm not still defending Ben. Her. Jesus, I think you kind of are. I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean. I don't mean to. Um, everything. Everything. This is backfiring. <laughs> I know. Why am I doing this? Uh, I. I. I only have a couple more little things on here. Um, one of them. Um, we know that this is Ajira Flight Eight One. Uh, yeah, Eight One Five. Uh, Flight Three One Six, and we've already seen in the island jumping a Ajira water bottle. Yeah. Uh, so we know that that plane eventually ends up on the island at some point in time. Yes. Um, the other thing, and this is this boggles my mind. We, we, we've only met him once before, but we are reintroduced to Ray Shepard in this episode. Or Arlo Jack, Givens. To, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. I, that, that's that, that, why that's he was for so, you and me. Yeah. That's why Anyways, he was so familiar to me again. Yeah. Um, Ray Shepard is Christian Shepard's father, a.k.a. Jack's grandfather. Who, when we see him, Jack gets the call when he's at the bar uh, that he tried to leave his nursing home again. Yeah. Get on a bus and go. Packs a bag. We've, this is how Jack gets the shoes because he mistaken, mistakenly uh, packed the shoes. Is there something more to Ray? Of course there is. Because Ray says, wherever I end up, they were never going to find me. 
did he mean the island? Mm. Is there a connection between Ray and the island? Probably. I mean, there's, I mean, it seems that the entire Shepherd family has been connected to this island. There's something to the Shepherd lineage in this island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because- well, I mean, Shepherds are guardians, <laughs> right? Ooh, that's good symbolism. Yeah. You're welcome. Because I, I, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I like, there's a part, like, I, in rewatching that scene, Ray had Christian shoes in the bag. Yeah. I don't know how you mistakenly pack someone else's shoes unless you have the same exact pair. Well, he said that they were given to him by Jack's mom. Yeah, but then he says in packing the the bag to leave, he must have mistakenly packed them. It's a weird thing to pack. That's what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I, I can see packing another pair of shoes, but how do you accidentally pack somebody else's shoes unless you had the same exact pair? Right. And not only that, but when Jack asks him if he could keep them, he has like, there's this look on his face as in yeah. like, uh, like, yeah, you like, sure. But like you can, you can take them as if it was never about Ray getting to the Island. Right. It was more the shoes getting to the island, and he knows by Jack asking that that's where they're going. Right. Well, it's, and then there's weird. the whole he's tried to escape four times and he keeps coming back. I mean, that's just kind of like Jack, right? And yeah. the island. Jack keeps trying to leave the island, and the island is just keeps pulling him back. And he actually gets to leave the island at one point, but it ruins his life, and he's still comes back so there's a nice little parallel there as well yeah it's just i i don't know i find it very i upon second watch i've there was just something about that scene that just i was very curious about yeah and for the life of me i can't i can't pick it apart to figure out what it is it's still a mystery and i don't think there's any resolution to it either i don't think we ever see ray again Probably not, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a reason for it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just left a mystery. Um, but I think that's all I have on the episode. Do you have anything else on your end? I don't. I closed my book. I got all my notes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, cool. So that leads us in the feedback, in which we, of course, have a voicemail from our buddy Steve Brown. Yeah. Uh and I'm sure it's another live steving, which is perfectly fine. Uh but before we do that, obviously we encourage all of you guys out there to leave us feedback as well. And if you're curious as to where you can find the video of this podcast if you're listening to the audio, everything can be found on our website revisitedpod.com. It's where you can find links to subscribe, ways to leave us feedback videos for the episodes and all of that good stuff all in one spot. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say? Let's, uh, let's listen to this voicemail from my buddy, Steve Brown. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And this is going to be for lost, uh, uh, season five, episode six, three sixteen. Oh, we have a Jack eye opening scene. I totally forgot. This is how this episode starts. But I totally forget that Desmond goes back to the island with them. I, you mentioned it last week, and I totally forgot for some reason. I don't know how I could have blanked on that. When the Dharma logo on the door with the lighthouse. Lamp post, not lighthouse. <laughs> Is he telling the truth? 
Probably not. You say in the island, but did the, did the writers just forget that isn't it two islands? Okay, so Desmond just walked out, but I guess he comes back at some point. Is she first time the title of the episode was said? Mic drop three one six. The one with the hair and all the freckles. <laughs> oh, Jack's father's shoes. That's right. He had the tennis shoes on when he died, right? Right, Jack. Never ask about Aaron again because I think he's with Claire's mom, right? Oh, Ben, you don't look so good. Not sure. I don't remember what happened to him. Go fight Whitmore or something like that. Good thing that Locke and John's uh, Jack's father had the same size shoes, size feet. That's right. I remember that Hugo bought all the empty seats because he didn't want anybody else going to the island that didn't have to be, have to go. That dang letter. Jack just can't get away from that letter. Oh, that's pretty cold, Ben. Who cares? It's going to happen to the people on the plane. I think I remember what happens to everybody else on the plane. It is such a liar. This conversation he's having with Jack. Wilhelm scream? Oh, man, I'm starting to remember things. And it's so hard not to go to the next episode. But I know we don't find out anything it's just, just great to have your, the, the show back and the podcast back and that look on Jen's face there right at the end, driving the, the same van that we know is uh, 30 years old. Anyway, uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, He so brought up the Wilhelm. A couple of things in that voicemail that we completely forgot to bring up. First off, right. you you brought that to my attention. Yeah. Uh the Wilhelm scream during the the turbulence of the plane. Yeah. Uh right before it flashes the light. Um we didn't talk at all about Kate and Jack. And no, that I whole didn't think it was interesting. Is that it, I don't think it's too important. I think the only really important thing about it is Kate saying like if you if you want me to go like don't bring up Aaron again. And that really just does bring up the question, like, okay, where is Aaron? But then there's also, she does make that other line where she goes, just because we're all on the same plane doesn't mean that we're we're together. I think she's trying to tell Jack, like, just because we slept together last night doesn't mean that this is back on. Well, I think it's that, but I also think it's it's also, they're all going back to the island, but they all have different reasons for going. Um, yeah. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Every one of them. They're not together in the reason why they're going back. Well, Kate's going back, if I remember correctly, because she's going to try and get Claire off the yes. island. Yeah. Yes. She's going back for Claire. Son is going back for Jin. Jack is going back for everyone. Ah, Jack's going back for himself. Yeah. Hurley's, Hurley's motives are in question. Hurley's going back because Jacob told him to, and he's freaked out about it. Okay. All but right. We don't know that's that yet, enough. right? Yeah. So, I, and and for all we know, that's not true either. Saeed's going back because he's apparently getting transported to Guam. Yeah. Why? I. It's not Guantanamo Bay, so yeah. <laughs> who I, knows? I, I don't know. Like, is he being extricated to to Guam for a crime he committed? Like that. That was a question I did have. Is like, okay, why is Saeed on this plane? Right. With a U.S. Marshal. Like, we understand why Kate was with a U.S. Marshal in Australia going back to L.A. That made sense. This well, one is she does a not U.S. Marshal? That was know, a U.S. Marshal. What, did we ever see a badge? Yeah. No, I mean the one with Saeed. Oh, no, I don't know. But, who? I, I mean, in any event, it doesn't matter. What are, they're, they're going to Guam. Yeah. He was, I mean... Guam is a U.S. territory, and it has a U.S. Uh, military base, but 
he's never been in the U.S. military, but he has been a part of the Iraq military, and he ha- and he has been in charge, and he has been taken part in war crimes. So maybe that has something to do with it. Well, that's what I mean. Like maybe he's being uh, extricated because of something he did in that country. Like, because we we do know that he was doing assassinations and such when he was working for Ben. Right. But Guam is a U.S. territory. So I don't understand why he would. I Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe it's explained. I, I don't yeah. remember. It's it's another Ben's weakness. going back because he needs purpose in his life again. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all going back for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that we didn't bring up uh, as that I just thought was very interesting was the degree of how these characters ended up back in time when some of them don't, because we're going to find that out in the next episode that <clears throat> these guys end up in the seventies while everybody else on that plane, minus a few characters end up present day on the Island. Cause one of the losties doesn't make it to the seventies. Yeah. And it's one that really wanted to get back to the seventies, probably more than anybody else. Well, yeah. Wanted to get back to the Island more than anybody else. This person ends up in the present day for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, you know what? This is where I start to get really frustrated with that storyline. As to why she, well, I said she. It's son. It's son. Yeah. Let's son, but it's just I wanted that reunion so bad, and the fact it's just it's the one thing that I really hate about the last two seasons of the show is that it's just this tragic, tragic thing that happens with Jen and Son, and it just makes me crazy because I wish well, that they they had gotten just a little bit of a happy ending. Well, because we've said it before. We've said it since the beginning, since season one. They are one of the most tragic couples in television history. I know. Because nothing... The I mean, when when their story ends, it's like I, it's akin to Charlie's death, like bawling my eyes out. Yes. Like... Yes. Which is going to prove very interesting now that we're doing video versions of these podcasts. Right. Because there will be moments when you may see us choke up talking about particular things. I'm totally going to do that. Yeah. And that's, that is one of them. Yeah. Because um, they like their cap, their story is just so tragic. I hate it. And that no matter every time they take a step forward, they take two steps back. Yeah. And, but, Throughout everything that happens to them, no matter how tragic it is, their love for one another is the one thing that always prevails. Right. And that's the beauty of the tragedy of their story. Right. Um, but we're getting ahead. We're getting right. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but it just... I, we'll just I, have a Jin and Son episode towards the end. God. I'm not ready for that episode. Nope. That's okay. Nope. It's a long ways off. That's why we've taken so long to do this podcast because we don't want to get to that part. (laughs) (laughs) We just don't want to get to that episode. Right. Um, There's a reason for all of this. Well, because if I remember correctly, I think we lose another character that same episode. (sighs) Probably. Let's. They're not the only two that goes. Yeah, let's stop talking about it. But I found it like very interesting. Like it's 
it's the flash of light that the other people on the island, like Faraday and Sawyer and Juliet, they all experience every time they jumped. It makes me think, and it, it kind of makes me remember the scene where they were when they were shuttling when Faraday was shuttling people back and forth to the freighter and the island disappeared and they disappeared with it. They weren't on the island, but they were in the vicinity of the island. They were within the zone, which is why I think Eloise Hawking said you had to be on this particular plane because when the, this plane was going to be in the zone of the island when it jumped. Yeah. So that's why it had to be that particular. So they were probably over the island while it was moving. Yeah. Which is why they went with it. Right. So, and it's making me actually question whether or not Sun actually did have Jin's ring on her. Because she did. maybe I think she was holding it. Was she? I wasn't paying attention to that. I think she was holding it because she puts it back on him at some point. Okay, so then maybe she did have it. So yeah, so that makes me question why Sun doesn't go. I don't know. To make the story worse. I don't know. <laughs> yes, but when they are reunited, it's great. Yeah, Even it's for not that until, brief it's not until, moment. It's not until next season. All right. Spoiler. Um, You're a spoiler. And then, and then, yeah, the only other thing, as you mentioned... Uh, in relation to my Wilhelm podcast, which is named after the Wilhelm scream, there is a Wilhelm scream during the turbulence. I think we said that already. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Um, so yeah, so that's it for, uh, the conversation on this again, Steve, thank you for the feedback and, uh, anybody else who wants to leave it, just go to the website, revisitedpod.com and you can find all the information there. Recommendations for the week. Um, I, I can kick it off this week since I know yeah, we're going to go it. week to week. Um, and this is kind of in relation to Lost a little bit because one of the characters made an appearance. One of the actors made an appearance in this. I have been a huge fan of the show New Amsterdam since mm. it started. And this past week, they just had their series finale. And I was not ready for it. But Daniel uh, Daniel Day Kim was actually signed on to be become a new character in the show last season. Um, but when the pandemic hit and shooting schedules got put on hold, um, they unfortunately had to. Uh, he was on one episode, like one or two episodes, and then production got halted and they never brought his character back. Um, he makes an appearance in this in the series finale. That's great. Um, the, I love it, him. It's uh, the series finale is like this massive surgery that needs to be done that takes like the the work of like fifty three doctors oh all my working, gosh. all working in tandem with each other. It's like a fifteen hour surgery. But the cool thing about it is, it, it was an opportunity for them to bring in people who have played doctors on the show in the past and characters who have left. So Daniel Day Kim being one of those characters was one of the surgeons that was working. So it's a very quick cameo, but he's there, which is but he's there, and it it's really a, like a little nod. And I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't going to be ready for the series finale for the show because I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the best endings to a series that they could. It was one of the best endings they could have done for that show. Oh, good. Uh, and you can you can ask my mom because. 
it became a thing with my mom. My mom and I watched it together every week because she loved the show too. Like I would purposely wait until she came over to watch it. Okay. And we watched the finale together and I warned her. I was like, I'm going to cry. Like I'm going to cry during this finale. Oh, I love it that your emotions are, are enough that you can cry. Um, and they were the way the, the finale, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who watches it or hasn't had the chance to watch it, but they were doing something particular with this, with this episode that halfway through the episode, I predicted how the show was going to end. And I started crying Oh, as soon as I thought I'm getting, I'm getting choked up now. Um, you're not going to have to wait. Uh, people watch the video. Um, the moment I realized it, I said it to my mom. I was like, I, I know how the show's ending and I'm already getting choked up. Oh, and it was exactly what I predicted. And it was, I need to get was, back into that. Show. It was beautiful. It was so well done. Um, if you haven't seen it before, it's five seasons. Um, I, I highly, I was not, I'm not into medical procedurals with the exception of house, uh, which I loved, but I started watching new Amsterdam because I was a big fan of Tyler Labine. Oh yeah. From like Tucker and Dale versus evil and Reaper and, and a bunch of other projects. This was like his first, like, dramatic kind of thing other than uh-huh. playing like the stoner guy that he's used to. Um, and I've had Tyler on the podcast. I've had Tyler on Wilhelm before and he was, he was a great guest. Um, I started watching it for Tyler and I just fell in love with the show from the That's beginning awesome. from the start. And last night after the, uh, or Tuesday night after the finale aired, I posted on Facebook and I posted on Instagram and on Instagram. I, uh, I tagged everyone in the cast. Yeah. And I even said, like I, I even said in the Instagram story, like I started watching for Tyler. And yeah. the cool thing about it was, uh, Tyler saw it and liked it and reposted it to his Instagram story, which I thought oh, was, that's great. was really, really cool. Yeah. So hopefully I can have him back on the podcast. Yeah. You could talk all about it. Yeah. Which would be great. That's awesome. So that's my recommendation. If you haven't seen it before, check out the show, New Amsterdam. It's over so you can binge it. And it's just, uh. It's a great watch. It's it's awesome. really well done. I think I might made, take your advice. Made me cry so many times, both happy and sad tears. Awesome. So, uh, final notes before we wrap it up. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned before, check out the website, revisitedpod.com, for all the information on where you can subscribe, like, all that fun stuff, feedback, which we highly recommend you do. Uh, I'll mention... Uh, I mentioned my Wilhelm podcast, which can be found at wilhelmpodcast.com. Because this is technically a spinoff of that podcast now, since it's television, which is great. Uh, And I'll also mention The Cast of Us, which is another podcast I'm currently doing right now, covering covering the the new HBO series, The Last of Us. Uh, The first episode is already out covering the the series premiere. Um, There's another episode coming probably by the time this is out, it'll already be out of the, um, the feedback, which we got so much. Uh, and the cool thing is Kristen is, did the live react on the podcastica YouTube page, um, which was great. And I'm sure you'll do more. So I'm doing episode two as well with you and Jason. Yes. Oh, is it, is Jason doing that one too? Yes. Yay. That's going to be fun. So yeah, so you'll be able to see us do that. Just go to, um, uh, if you just go on YouTube and search Podcastica, 
you'll see that. And that airs directly after the, the Last of Us ends. So right after I jumped off the couch and into the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so and the pilot was the series premiere was so good. Yes. Highly recommend the show. So good. So good. Uh, but that is about it. Um, Kristen, I love doing this. It's fun. I'm just, I'm just, I'm glad that I, I got my computer and just sat up in bed to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I am too. Um, but thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for always following and supporting the podcast. Yes. Uh, next episode, season five, episode seven, the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Lock centric episode. Lock centric episode. Uh, but until that time, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. I remembered this time. Yes, you did. I'm very (laughs) proud of you. (laughs) Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.